Okay, I need to move on, but thank you for those comments and thoughts. Um, you've got a sheet. Um, I think you like the picture. Uh, I was looking for a picture of some flowing water, and, uh, and I want to get in colour because um, I love those colours. Um, they're, they're really beautiful, aren't they? And there's something alive and uh, living. Everybody got one? Yeah. Uh, about that. And I put on there something which I'm just going to read, because it's worth just pondering for a moment, um, from a book called Letting Go Come Close, which is a book about Ignatian spirituality, which I might say something about in a minute, but it's uh, written by somebody called William Barry. And, and I, I love what he says. He says, if you've ever experienced a time when you were in the flow, that is, able to live with relative unambivalence and lack of fear in the now, attuned to the presence of God, then you have an idea of what it might be like to be at one with the one action of God. In such a state, you are a contemplative in action. You know that you are at the right place, at the right time. There are no doubts about whether you should be someone else or somewhere else. You do not need to justify being married or single or religious. It's right to be who you are here and now. And you live and act comfortably with the knowledge of your own limitations, of your finitude, of your small part in the immense history of the world. To be attuned to the one action of God, to God's will, is to be extraordinarily free, happy and fulfilled even in the midst of a world of sorrow and pain. I love that phrase, there are no doubts about whether you should be someone else or somewhere else. Um, we quite often want to be someone else. When you know who you are, and we've thought a little bit about that, then there's an acceptance of yourself, as he says, our limitations, um, our vulnerability, uh, our achievements. Now, one of the things that happens in life when you're thinking about vocation or if you fill an application form in, or you want to do something in life, or you go on a coaching course or something, you might find that somebody will say to you, okay, let's think about your strengths and weaknesses. You ever done one of those you know, questionnaires? And, uh, there's all sorts of tools and things you can do that will often ask you about your strengths and your weaknesses. Now, I don't particularly like the, the strengths and weaknesses thing because I think it implies that one is kind of good and the other one is kind of bad. I prefer to think about gifts and vulnerabilities. And if I had time, and we were here for two or three days, there's an exercise that I sometimes do, and I used to do vocation groups, that invites people to think about a kind of wagon wheel. Now, this isn't a wagon wheel, but it, it's kind of, you know, it's a bit reminiscent of one, isn't it? The, the St. Catherine's logo. And to think of the middle that is the hub, if you like, that holds everything together. That might be your name, 
Uh, it might be your place of intimate encounter with God, as I thought, or your home. I wonder where you go when you need to be reminded that you are loved by God and God loves you and you are in God and God is in you. You know, when you're having a difficult time and the chips are down and things are tricky, where do you go? Maybe it's to remember your name and to hear that again. Maybe it's to a favourite verse of scripture. Some of us have a verse of scripture that kind of stays with us, you know, all our life, or the verse of a hymn. Maybe it's a particular picture or poem or a place. Uh, maybe it's the Eucharist, the Mass, you know, could um, a symbol, the cross, the Bible, I don't know. But there's a place where we go to just remember and just be grounded again. And it holds things together. So I sometimes get people to think about that. And then I might say, well, think about these spokes, if you like, around the outside. Think about all the things in your life that have shaped you. Experiences, people, places, jobs you've done, disappointments, failures, achievements, circumstances, illnesses, jobs, people, family, friends, I don't know, all the things that have somehow been learning, shaping, forming experiences for you. So I don't know what I think about that. And then, around the outside, this is a bit of to do, this, this, the sort of outside bit, um, the ring that holds things together, the rim, if you like. You might call it where the rubber hits the road, if it was made of rubber. Um, and sometimes I give people a sheet, and there's a, there's a space. You can actually write in that rim space. And I say to people, in that space, Write about all the gifts and the vulnerabilities that all those things have given you now. And vulnerability is as much a gift as all the courses we've done, all the exams we've passed, all the training <coughs> we've done. I had a story once about um, a boy who was very ill. I think he was terminally ill. He was nursed home lot. And he talked about his nurse um, that he was uh, very close to, uh, known her for some time, she came to his home, she looked after him, she knew what was necessary, and they had a, a good friendship. And there was a, a comfort and a rapport there. And, and one day, uh, she couldn't come, and another lady came, and she was kind of Mrs. Superficial, if you know what I mean, Mrs. Christine uniform, the bed has to be straight, everything has to be tidy, everything has to be beautiful. And he talked about how this woman, with all her correctness and professionalism and tidiness and organisation, made him feel sweaty and hot and dirty and shriveled and uncomfortable. And here was someone who maybe didn't bring her vulnerability to the room, and how important that is. And our vulnerabilities may be a gift. So when we're thinking about moving into our sense of vocation, I can't tell you what that is. You know, you may be thinking, gosh, when does she get to the point where she tells us how to know um, what, what it is God wants us to do? I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you that. But what I can say is, whatever your life has given you, there are gifts and there are vulnerabilities. And nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing is wasted.
I know a monk. Um, I haven't seen him for a while. Um, but he said to me once, God recycles everything. I'm talking to talk about compost. I love compost. Mm-hmm. Compost is a great thing, isn't it? Because you chuck all your banana skins and your tea leaves and your bits of old rubbish in there and kind of stir it around and wait for a while and give it the right conditions. And then out comes this wonderful, fertile, crumbly stuff. And what fascinates me about that is it's the same stuff. It's the same matter. It's the same material. Nothing got taken away unless you've used, you know, compost, what do they call them, aerator, um, accelerator things. Then nothing's been added either. It's the same. And God takes all that we have and all that we are and, and does something amazing with it. And that's what I mean, I think, by being by being in the flow um, and being happy with who we are and what we've got because that's what God is going to use. That's what God is going to do something with. Not something else or somebody else or somewhere else, but, but you and me as we are with our stories and our journeys and our gifts and our vulnerabilities. It really is that that God works through. Now, I just want to speak briefly about um, Ignatius, I think, because talking about this flowing and this, you know, being in the right place and, and um, hearing God, many of you, I'm sure, will be um, familiar with Ignatius of Loyola. He founded uh, the Jesuits. And uh, I won't say too much him about him today, but he talked about guidance. And he said, well, when you're trying to find out what it is that God is calling you to do, there's something called consolation that uh, is about, I think we sometimes refer to it as peace. It's not quite that. But you know when you're trying to do something or go somewhere and you're trying to decide if it's the right thing, despite whatever's going on in your head, something in your heart will, will draw you. And you think, it doesn't make any sense, but God is drawing me. Somehow if I go down this path, if I go down this route, it's not logical, um, but I just know that's going to draw me closer to God. And he talks about desolation. Uh, and that's, that's really when, for whatever reason, you have a sense that the path you're on or that you're contemplating, however sensible, however reasonable, however advantageous, however much your friends tell you it's the right thing to do, something in your heart is kind of going, that is such have you ever had that experience? Something in your house just going, oh. And you're going, but it's fine. It pays great, like the house, great job opportunities, fantastic, whatever. But something, <coughs> pardon me, in you is just going, you really don't want to do that. And I don't know about you, but on the occasions in my life when I've ignored that, I have come to think, oh yeah, I should have listened. Now, whether you think that's God, experience, intuition, the spirit, but the spirit def- definitely works through that. So, this being in the flow, this being, who am I? And what is the quality of my knowing? And am I being drawn somewhere? And it, it involves being present. Um, when I was thinking about whether to leave at fair the significant job that I had, somebody asked me how I would know if it was the right thing to do. And I said, well, I'll know because I've thought it through. 
uh, and I'll have worked it all out, and I'll have, I know this won't be a knee-jerk reaction that I'm making for the wrong reasons or emotional reasons, but I'll, I'll really put it through. And I thought to myself, I'll have one of those, um, it's like a download. You know when you download something from your computer and it feels like a line? Now, if you've got super fast, it goes... But in the old days, it used to go... And about three hours later, you'd come back and it'd be 17%. <laughs> so I thought to myself, yeah, I'm going I'm to download the idea that I might make a big change in my life. But I'm not, not going to rush into it. Um, and I'll see when it gets to the next teacher or something, if, if that line is still going, then I'll make a decision. And this friend of mine said, well, how do you know? And I said, well, we've talked about it. Do you know, it wasn't a bit like that in the end. It was not a bit like that. My mother died. And every day I used to drive to work. And uh, my, my drive to work used to be 10 minutes in the country, 10 minutes on the motorway, and 10 minutes through the middle of Winchester. So the first 10 minutes, I used to cry. I'd be driving along. It probably wasn't very safe. I couldn't see the road because the tears would be streaming down my face because my mother had died and it was a big deal. Uh, and then I'd get to the motorway and I'd think, you're only a poor person in the Diocese of Winchester. <laughs> so, you know, it's too old now. I'm going to go and, you know, talk to the bishop and sort things out and um, organise things. And then I would come off the motorway and I'd start thinking about what I was going to do that day. So one day, I'm driving through Farley Wallop. I could show you the exact place where this happened, past the farm, downhill, up the other side, red kites flying around and I'm crying. And all of a sudden, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. I just knew. Not only did I know what I was going to do, it was like I'd already done it. It was just a moment of absolute grace. Now, I could have ignored it, because we have that opportunity, don't we? I could have just thought, oh, that's ridiculous, don't, don't do that. And I could have stayed in my job, and I could still be there now, but I'm not. And actually, that's been probably... Is it the right thing? I don't know. Maybe with God there is no right thing, but it's certainly been a life-giving thing. So, three things I quickly want to say. How do we get into that place, or how do we find and inhabit that place? First of all, the word presence. Uh, we talk a lot about mindfulness, don't we? Um, mindfulness is very trendy. Some people think mindfulness is good. Um, some people think mindfulness is a bit new age or a bit, you know, weird. But actually, mindfulness—it's it, only what Christians call meditation, contemplation, awareness. Anthony DeMello called it awareness. He said, "Wake up, we're all asleep." But actually, wake up. Pay attention. Never mind uh, the past, never mind the future. We do have to pay attention to those things, but actually the most important thing is that you're present to the here and now. Are we aware? Are we present? And when the second thing is, when we're in that presence, get in touch. Name. Feel. Notice. Pay attention to your dreams. Dreams are very important. I don't know if you dream a lot, but um, that's part of our God-given nature, isn't it? Our dreams. Again, whether you think it's God's kind of speaking to you, or whether you think it's the Spirit, or how we made lots of ways we think about dreams. But I had a dream once, some years ago. It was a recurring dream. And in this dream, um, I'd be driving along in a car, and suddenly there was a crash 
very violent. You know, so sometimes when you have a dream, it's you wake up and you're so relieved it's not true. And you think, and the world is kind of noise crash bang, and the next thing I knew was I was awake. Because um, they say sometimes that if you have a dream, the point at which you wake up is the point at which it's not really resolved. So that's the thing to pay attention to. because that's So I would have this recurring dream, and it would always be this tremendous noise, and I'd wake up. So I talked to my spiritual director, and I pretended I had no idea what this was about, of course, because uh, I didn't really want to think about it. Oh, it's a great mystery, this dream. And he fell about laughing, of course, um, because he knew that I knew what it was about. And I had to make a change uh, in my life. And I was nervous about making this change because I knew it would upset some people and it would cause potential conflict. And when I said what I needed to say in a particular context, I didn't know what was going to happen. And it might cause all sorts of difficulty and a big crush in the van. But I thought, this is going to make me ill if it carries on, actually. This is not good. Because my body is telling me, my dreams are telling me, God is telling me, when are, you, when are you going to pay attention? What is happening? So one day I said what I needed to say. And it was nothing like as bad and as terrible and as destructive. It, it caused some issues and it was uncomfortable for a while and I had to sort a few things out. But it wasn't the, you know, the terrible thing I thought. And you know that dream stopped. I never had it again. I never had it again. Because something within me was saying, pay attention. So you may, you may say, oh, I don't dream. I bet you do. You just don't remember or you don't think about it. So be open to that. See, see what it is. And the final thing is really, um, well, the final thing for now, um, is to be honest. Now, I talk about spiritual direction a bit. Some of you may have spiritual directors or partners or people that you share with, other mentors, soulmates, you know, whatever. But we all need a place in our lives where we tell the truth. Do you know what I mean? We all need a place. And it's such a it's such a relief when you go and talk to somebody and you haven't got to filter and you haven't got to kind of dress it up or make yourself sound good. You can just say, you're gonna think it's terrible but and then you just tell the truth and you just name how life is and what it's like and what's going on for you. And then you can begin to move forward and, and get into this um, stream. Uh, because until we tell the truth and until we face where we really are, then it's very difficult um, to, to find what God is saying to us and to move into that creative space. 